whole idea. Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. What a lovely idea. What a lovely thought. Who finds that enticing? Who likes the idea of that? Getting to sit at God's own dinner table. Picture it with the, the best food, the best drinks, wherever might pop in your head for that, the best clothes to wear, the best music, and the best company. Almighty, everlasting, good God himself. Who likes the sound of that? Stick your hands up. Hey, what a lovely thought. But maybe to you, maybe that sounds a bit weird. Maybe it sounds, you can't quite picture it. What does that even mean? What does that, what does that look like? Maybe it doesn't seem real. Maybe it just doesn't seem likely. Particularly when you look around at the world we're in right now. I just think something like that, it just seems so other, seems so different. Well, the trouble is, for the people in today's story that Jesus was telling about the king's banquet, the Mr. Party was inviting everyone to his party. For the, for the people who were invited first time round, they, they would be, what they were being invited to was to them very real. They'd received invitations. They had invitations in their hand. They'd been invited. It didn't say go and invite them. It says go and tell everyone who was invited to come to my party. They knew Mr. Party, whoever he was. They knew him himself. And yet, even though Mr. Party was known to them and they'd received their invitations, what did they do? They made their excuses. They thought, actually, I'd rather not. And so as a result, their places were taken by other people. They lost their place at the dinner table. And the Bible tells us that everyone has been invited into God's kingdom. Every single one of us into his eternal feast of celebration and joy. That's what it means. The, the Bible does talk about one day there will be a great feast. And while it does involve food on the new earth, it's not just eating. I used to have a picture in my, in my, when I was a kid growing up that heaven was in this stadium singing hymns with God in the middle. Which, if, if there will be a lot of that. And when we're there, that will be glorious. But I thought, is that it? There's a lot more to heaven than we can imagine or picture. It's more than just singing hymns. It's more than just eating food at a dinner table. But actual celebration in God and everything that means that we can't even imagine yet. We limit it with our expectations and understandings of what all that means. But it's a feast of joy and celebration. That's what we're invited into and that's what eternal life with God looks like. And all of us are invited into it. Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 says... Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. Anyone, that's for anyone. And then John chapter 1, verse 12, but to all who did receive Jesus, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. This invitation is for every single person. One of us. And this story that we've been hearing, that Jesus has been telling, that we've seen dramatized as well, is talking initially about the Jews, that got God's first round of invitations, the people of Israel. They got God's first round of invitations. But many of them, not all of them, but many of them rejected Jesus. God's Son Himself, who they were expecting, they rejected Him. They turned down His invitation. And instead, they wanted to stay partying partying their way, in their patch and on their terms. And so, like the king in the story with his dinner party, God continued and continues to this day to extend his invitation beyond 
that initial people of Israel to the rest of the world for all the ages since then and continuing right now. And therefore, that includes you and me. That includes us. God has not cancelled his party. Oh, they haven't come. Never mind, we won't have it. He hasn't cancelled his party. He hasn't postponed his party. I'll try again another time. He simply extended his invitation over the centuries and still is now. And that invite is simply waiting for your response. That invitation is waiting for your RSVP. What are you going to do? Because God, God won't force your hand. He won't, he won't make sure you get half Nelsoned into an Uber to come to his house. He won't make you come. He won't make you accept the invite. He's asking you and inviting you in. And it's up to us to choose that. Because the people in the story at the feast, they made their excuses for different reasons. Some of them made excuses about material things, about property. One of them goes in the, in the story, says that Mick was reading. says, I've got some new property now. Can't possibly come. I'm busy looking after my new place. And another one says, I've got, I've got five oxen, as you do. I've got livestock now. I need to look after them. I can't possibly come to a party. I'm ever so busy. That's much more important. And another one places value in relationships. and says, I've got a new wife now. I can't possibly leave her at home. I don't know what she might get up to. I better stay here with her. She, she's, just, she's far too, far too uh, attractive for me to leave. I just, I, just, I just want to be with her all the time. I can't come to your party. She's more important. They make these excuses. And the trouble is, we too, we can decide that material things, like the people with property and livestock, we can, we can decide that material things are more important than God. Stuff. Money, houses, livestock maybe, I don't know, <laughs> pets. But the point is, material things can eclipse Jesus and we can put more value in them than in God himself and his invitation. Or other human beings, like the man and his wife. We can place more value in other human beings and decide that they matter most to us and that that was, is what will truly fulfill us, not God. That's what we can do. But if we're honest, we have to admit that houses, property, falls apart. Animals, other material things, they, they don't last forever. Other people, not being cynical, but being honest, they will let you down. Just as we do to them. We let each other, out, let each other down. We're broken human beings. But God, with all those three things, God will never fall apart. God will last forever. And God will never let you down. And therefore, it's a no-brainer, isn't it? We'd have thought so. But the people in the story made excuses, and we can make excuses too. The good news is that we are all invited into his party, God's own party. And it's something, though, that he's been planning since before time began. Now, you know you've got your coloured sticks. You've got your lollipop sticks. Whichever colour you've got. If you've got a green stick, ah, if you've got a green stick, could you stand up? Or if you're unable to, that's a bit more difficult, you can raise it in the air. If you've got a green stick, stand up or stick it in the air. There are a few green sticks around the room. Now, green just helps us remember this beautiful world that God made. He created this beautiful world with green grass. This is creation, this is nature, with blue skies and blue oceans full of animals and fish and many beautiful things for us to enjoy. And God made us to live here, to live happily, happy lives here on this beautiful planet with him, his friends forever. That's what the green tells us. Initially, God made all things 
ultimately with us involved, very good. But then if you've got a purple stick, if you've got a purple stick, can you stand up or stick it in the air? Purple is just a colour here that helps us remember that uh, people chose to disobey God. God made this perfect green planet, lush planet for us to live in and live forever unhindered with him. But we ruined that. We chose to disobey him. And instead of seeking the good, the green, and listening to God and being his friends, we started to seek ourselves. That's what we did. We turned away and decided not to listen to God, but to listen to ourselves, to listen to the devil, and that is called sin. And brokenness entered this perfect planet. And that meant that things started to go wrong as a result in God's beautiful world. Things like war and hunger. We're seeing right now on our tellies, aren't we? That's just the culmination of all the little stuff that is just as bad. Sin is simply turning away from God, and that's what we've done. And because of that, people stopped being God's friends. We thought we knew better, and that broke us, that broke this world, and that broke God's heart. But if you've got a red stick, who's got a red stick? If you're standing, keep standing. Green sticks remain standing or raised in the air. Purple sticks remain standing, hands in the air. But if you've got a red stick, join in. Stand up or lift your arms. The red stick. This reminds us of Jesus. Jesus, God's own son. He came to earth. He lived the perfect life that we can't and he died on a cross in our place and shed his blood, the red. Although he was completely good, completely pure, completely whole, he carried our sin, he carried our brokenness and therefore he suffered the consequences of that for us as he shed his blood. And if you think about this, if you add up all the wars, that not just we see now, but have happened in the past, all the wars and all the hatred and all the rejection and all the pain, keep piling that up in your head. All everything that we have inflicted on each other, on ourselves and against God over the thousands of years, you put all that together, everything that created a barrier between us and perfect God. Jesus carried all of that. Jesus carried all of that so we don't have to. Jesus, God himself, died in our place. Remain standing if you're one of those people who stood up. But if you've got one of the clear lolly, lolly sticks, I couldn't get any white ones, but the ones with no colour, the way lolly sticks should be, untainted and pure, this tells us about new life. Because Jesus didn't stay dead. Amen? Jesus came alive again in all his utter perfection. If we want to be God's friends again, we simply just need to ask Jesus for forgiveness for all the things we have done wrong, for our brokenness, for our selfishness, for our sin, all of which he has paid the price for. We simply have to accept his invitation to follow him. And we too, like him rising from the dead, we are given new life in him. We get to be born again in him, untainted and pure. And so everybody else who hasn't stood up yet, if you, I'm presuming you've got a yellow stick. If you've got a yellow stick, stand up or raise it in the air. Because if, if you've accepted that invite, that means you're Jesus' friend and that means you're part of God's family. Which means we get to be an active part of his party that starts now and gets even better in the future. That is Jesus' good news. Jesus' good news is that we are all invited. 
We are all included in the invitation. The question is, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to say yes? Are you only going to go, maybe not? It's a sobering question, isn't it? Well, here's an opportunity to decide if you're a yes or a no. Rachel, if you could just come and um, just play some music. You'll also know you've got some pieces of paper and some pencils as well. Just as we bring this part to a close, Rachel's going to play some music. Think about, maybe you said yes to Jesus. Maybe you said yes to him. But as Andrew was telling us earlier, it's not just about receiving the invitation and stepping into it. It's, now, it's about passing that invitation on to others. So maybe you've said yes to Jesus. You've accepted his invite and you're living for him now. Who could you invite? Who is on your heart that you could invite? You could ask for God's help to invite them to meet with Jesus in different ways and what that means and what that looks like. Sometimes it takes time building a relationship, but living Jesus out loud being invitational in who you are as one of Jesus' people. Just write one or two names, it can be more than one, on there of who you'd like God's help to invite to meet with Jesus for themselves, to, to receive his invitation. So God, in whichever way, will you help me help them to receive your invitation and to say yes? Write one or two names on there. But maybe... You're someone who hasn't received that invitation yet. And maybe here's an opportunity for you to go, do you know what, Jesus, I'm in. Thank you for your invitation. I receive your invitation. I am a yes. And I want to be part of your party. Maybe that's you this morning. In which case, write whatever you want on that piece of paper. Just write yes. You can write a prayer. You can write at length. You can write an essay if you can fit it on there. Whatever you want to write down. But just while the music's playing, just reflect. And if that's you... Say yes to Jesus. And then when you're ready, come and bring your invites, either it's an invite you're going to pass on or an invite you're saying yes to. Just fold it up and put it on the table here. No one's going to read them. I'll collect them together later on and no one's going, no one's going to read them. Just place them on the king's table here. Let me put the crown on here. This is the king's table. Feel free. Take your time. You don't all have to do it at once. And this is you just saying to God, I want your help to invite that person or I'm accepting your invite, I'm saying yes to Jesus. So over the next minute or two, take your time, you don't need to rush. Place them on the table and say yes. If you've for the first time said yes to Jesus, please do come and tell us afterwards. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to help you get to know him more. Speak to whoever brought you. Don't just leave it there. Yes is stepping into something. We want to help you step into that. Please do come and tell us afterwards. Jesus, we thank you for your invite. We thank you that you have invited us. We thank you that for each one of us, you've eyeballed us and said, I want you. You've said that to me. You've said that to us. We thank you that you've made it possible in the first place, we can't step to you because of our brokenness. We, we've ruined that, that opportunity. We've broken that bridge. But you've made a bridge by dying and coming alive again in our place that we might live. You've made that possible. God himself reaching across to us. And we thank you that as you reached out your hand, we've had the chance to, to grasp it and to take your hand and to come home with you.
Jesus, we celebrate you. We thank you. Help us, the names we put on these pieces of paper. Help us to see those moments when we can talk about you and introduce them to you. Help us to pass on those invites. We need your help to do that. But we say thank you for inviting us. Thank you for making it possible. Thank you for helping us along the way. In Jesus' name, we all pray. Amen. Amen.